You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Duluth edition. We have not had a Duluth edition of Real Presence Live for two months. So I feel a little rusty. You feel rusty, Cindy? Actually, I feel pretty good, but I like doing the straight talk beforehand. It yeah. really gets me going for Get the interviews. Going. I feel well, like yeah. that should be our first segment. Well, I, hope our, I hope our first guest gets ready for that then. If, I know. Yeah, I'm raring to go. No. All right. Well, yeah. So we, <laughs> that, we, had, we had a full hour of straight talk, which is, it went well. We tried to get a little break in there, but, you know, I was, like, held to the grindstone. It's like, no break for you, no rest for the weary, for the wicked. And so we powered through an entire hour of great questions. So I want to thank all those people that called in and uh, left their their, uh, their questions. Yes, and thank you for the 33 times you repeated Yeah, it was, it was 33 times. Out, and now, right now we do have a guest, but we're waiting on our guest to, to get hooked up with the people that powers the bee. Are you here? Are you there, Dr. Crete? I am here. Hey, thank you very much, Doctor. Uh, first, well, first, welcome to Real Presence Live. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself first? Sure, sure. Yes, um, I am. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am a marriage and family therapist and uh, professional counselor. Run a private practice. Um, I specialize in treating uh, trauma survivors and uh, working with anxiety, people with anxiety disorders and. And I also do couples work and work with um, a lot of priests and religious as well. Um, and so, you know, I've been doing that for a number of years. Um, also have a um, co-founded a, a group called Souls and Hearts. It's a uh, online kind of Catholic human formation resource place with blogs and all sorts of different resources. Uh, and then I recently wrote this book, Litanies of the Heart, uh, which I guess we'll talk about today. So you do this strictly from a Catholic standpoint then? Yes, that's right. That's okay. right. Um, yeah, my, my pra- I mean, we're open to anyone, of course, but um, our, our kind of specialization is is integrating faith or at least including that dimension uh, in with whatever counseling or whatever um, therapy that we're providing. That is amazing. You know, we need something like that here. Have you ever thought about moving to Duluth, Minnesota? We actually have something like that Woo-hoo. here. So we, we, have, we do have a, we have a, um, uh, so I'm assuming, and this maybe I put it into a form of a question for you, is like, you probably get a lot of referrals from priests because we do have a counselor here in Duluth that, that the priests generally refer to and that they take the referrals first, you know, from the priests. And so mm-hmm. is that is that where you find most of your work is like referrals from priests in particular? That is a major source of referrals. And in fact, um, I have a group of like, we're about eight therapists and one Catholic coach. And we're actually located, I have a therapist in various different churches in the Atlanta area and one in North Carolina as well. Uh, and so the, the, the therapist is actually on in parish grounds. And so the priest is often, and other people in the parish, pastoral associates or youth ministers and whatnot, you know, connect with that therapist, refer to the therapist. The therapist provides um, additional support for the parish. It's a model that works really well. Is there is there a type of um, is there a particular type of post traumatic stress that you see more often than not, or more? I shouldn't say not more often than not, but more often than other types. At least in your yeah. line of work. Well, uh, I do a lot of you know variety of of, of work in this area, so. Certainly, um, I, I have specialized in working with people who have experienced like sexual trauma, especially childhood sexual abuse. Um, but 
also realizing that trauma is ubiquitous. In other words, it's we all experience some level of trauma just by being human, by being in this world. And I kind of term, I, I coined the term uh, original trauma <laughs> because I think going all the way back to Adam and Eve, like we, of course, there's original sin, but that causes this disconnection between humanity and God and between, you know, Adam and Eve with each other. And so, and then we even have Cain and Abel's first murder. So trauma is with us at the beginning. <laughs> and so we all experience disconnection early in life. And uh, so really to identify, you know, how, what happens when we're, we experience any kind of trauma, like it could be, who hasn't experienced some bullying in childhood or something fearful or some major loss or something and how we experience that trauma and affects the way that we relate to others, but it reflects our inner world, you know, where suddenly we, we take on some kind of insecurity within, or we take on some self-doubt, or we take on some lie, basically. And so parts of us, you know, um, are affected, and therefore it, you know, creates an inner conflict sometimes within, it creates sort of negative ways of coping. And so, um, you know, the therapy that I'm doing with people is, is around looking inside and looking at, we call them parts, you know, the sort of the, the different aspects of the self or different um, that exist within that are in conflict and that need support, that need, um, you know, whatever it is they didn't get when they experienced the trauma that they always needed is kind of what we're providing therapeutically when we do this work. Let me kind of just jump back. How did you mm-hmm. get, how did you start doing this? Like, how did you know you wanted to get involved in this area of the church? Um, you mean in counseling in general? In counseling. Sure. Yeah. Well, counseling, but then also adding that amazing, like, Catholic perspective and... Sure, sure. Well, I mean, it's I, I sort of had my own journey in terms of I, I worked uh, all the way... In, I was originally Canadian and, and worked in Catholic schools originally in Canada, um, teaching religion, religious education as well as history. And... And then I moved into school counseling um, when I moved to the United States and, and then eventually moved into marriage and family therapy. So in all these contexts that I've been in, have been in a Catholic context. So I've always just valued the idea that if you ignore our spiritual self, if you ignore, you know, this is a whole piece of who we are as human beings. And, and, and whatever, whether it's a teaching or whether you're doing counseling in schools or you're working with families or couples, you're, you, you need that, that part is just who we are. And, and, it, and it's a huge resource um, for healing and growth. So I've always kind of had that in me. And then even dealing through my own experience of trauma as a child. Okay. Yeah. And experience my own trauma, my own, whatever. Then I started to apply it to myself mm-hmm. and realizing, Ooh, I want to learn more about what is trauma and what, and how healing takes place. That sort of led me into this whole journey of the work that I do. And there's there's a, a whole. Um, you're the minority, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. most secular counselors out there are not going to tap into the spiritual, and so in a way, that's kind of it becomes a charade because whether you're religious or not, everybody's got the spirit. We all have a soul, right? You know, and so it's like mm-hmm. to uh, to apply the spiritual to trauma would would, from my standpoint, be more holistic in regards to dealing with trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's actually happened, interestingly enough, in the last, I don't know if I'd say 10 years or 15 years, is there has been an uptick in spirituality 
in secular psychology, um, except it's been more in the New Age front or more Buddhist or, you know, even have this whole mindfulness kind of thing, which really is, mindfulness is kind of a secularized Buddhism. And so where, where I got interested is, is thinking, you know, we have this rich tradition in our own faith, this rich contemplative prayer tradition, whether it's Benedictine, Carmelite, we've got all of this, um, you know, we're not, used, we're not bringing it together with the best of psychological science to provide something unique and uniquely Catholic. And so that is kind of what gives me passion. <laughs> so, so, okay, so I want to maybe you kind of um, uh, preceded my question, because I, I guess what part of Catholic tradition do you find yourself most gravitating towards when it, when it comes to helping this line of work that you're doing? I mean, is there, you mentioned Benedictine and Carmelite, but is there, is there a particular strain of Catholic tradition that you find most helpful? Yeah, um, it's hard to, to answer that completely because I draw on a number of traditions in the work I do. The main therapeutic modality or approach that I've been using is called parts work, and it's um, the most popular form of that right now is internal family systems. So it's a really popular type of therapy, and um, and I've been doing it, and it's like amazing. The results are rather amazing, um, but behind it is a the founder of this internal family system sort of has that very kind of uh, I would say new age kind of approach to spirituality and so as I was looking at this going okay I know this therapy works how is it or isn't it compatible with the faith and so that led me into a number of different Catholic traditions that help to inform that and so for example Ignatian <laughs> the Ignatian approach the Ignatian exercises, which are very experiential, where you're almost experiencing moments, you know, of, of Christ, you know, being in a moment, a biblical moment, and so on. And, and so there's an aspect to this Catholic approach to IFS, where I bring in an Ignatian approach on that level. But then there's also this bigger question of, like, if, if I, I believe we have this, like, inmost core self, and we have different parts of our self system, and so we're working with this sort of multiplicity within. Well, that opens up this question of, okay, is that Catholic, and, and what is this inner multiplicity? You know, like there's a part of me that wants to go work out at the gym, there's another part of me that wants to do nothing and just watch TV. You know, I have this little inner conflicts going on, and so that led me into looking at various saints and how they've, you know, from St. Augustine, talking about my, my disintegrated heart, or looking at St. Maximus the Confessor, who, who describes like this sort of cosmic kind of crisis at the center of the universe, and but and it creates this kingdom, but that kingdom is also within. So I, I guess to answer your question, like a lot of different approaches are sort of in various strains have kind of come together, and including the whole contemplative tradition, which you see in Carmelite or you see in Benedictine traditions. And, and, and how, do you, how do you kind of establish rec, inner recollection, if you will, which yeah. is that looking deep inside, connecting with, um, with our parts, but connecting with that innermost self in, in order to then allow Christ and grace to kind of enter into that inner space. Um, yeah, I, I love that you're doing that because the church has so much to offer on so many different realms. And I think this is maybe an untapped reservoir that you're just getting into. And I want to, um, we're going to take a little break here, but I want to, uh, when we get back from the break, talk about a book that you have just written. I think you've just written that actually gets yeah. to this issue. So we'll continue this conversation with Dr. Jerry Crete after this brief break. 
live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Deep Desire of the Magi Why did the Magi set off from afar to go to Bethlehem? The answer has to do with the mystery of the star which they saw in the east and which they recognized as the star of the King of the Jews, that is to say, the sign of the birth of the Messiah. So their journey was inspired by a powerful hope toward the kingship of God himself. The Magi set out because of a deep desire which prompted them to leave everything and begin a journey. This is the mystery of God's call, the mystery of vocation. It is part of the life of every Christian. When the Magi came to Bethlehem, going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Here at last was the long-awaited moment, their encounter with Jesus. Going into the house. This house, in some sense, represents the church. In order to find the Savior, one has to enter the house which is the church. They fell down and worshipped him and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Here is the culmination of the whole journey. Encounter becomes adoration. It blossoms into an act of faith and love which acknowledges in Jesus, born of Mary, the Son of God made man. The secret of holiness is friendship with Christ and faithful obedience to his will. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Richard Kuntz, and my co-host is... Cindy Jennings. And we're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, Minnesota, and we are talking to Dr. Jerry Crete about, basically, Catholic counseling and and the issue of post-traumatic stress. But also, um, uh, uh, Dr. Crete, I want to talk to you a little bit about the book that you just recently wrote. I think you... Is it is it out and available at this time? Um, it'll be available next week, Tuesday, January 16th. Yeah. Okay, well, at the end of the uh, segment, we'll talk about how they can get a hold of it. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the book, what's the title of the book, and what's the book about? Yeah, so it's Litanies of the Heart, and the uh, uh, subtitle is um, Relieving Post-Traumatic Stress and Calming Anxiety Through Healing Our Parts. That's a long um, title. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. So... Uh, you know, to, to, there's a few different purposes. Like one of them is this um, type of therapy I mentioned, internal family systems. A similar one is ego state therapy. But this powerful parts work type of therapy. And so on one hand, I was, I, I know this therapy works very well, but I wanted to do this exploration and understanding, is it Catholic? <laughs> and uh, and if it is or isn't, like it can it be compatible? And, and so I, I, I kind of, on one hand is, you know, basically writing the first book, I believe, that exists. 
that actually integrates the Catholic faith and this type of therapy. So that was one purpose. But the other purpose I had was I really want to help people and bring a lot of my clinical experience um, to healing trauma and healing anxiety issues. And I kind of see trauma, everyone has some trauma, and I think we're living in a world full of anxiety. And so I was hoping for this book to actually speak to most people, and but not just give them head knowledge, but um, actually the ability to learn about it, but also experience this sort of process of connecting with our parts inside, connecting with our core inmost self, and beginning to like um, sort of have this change within, and, and, and that inner harmony that is created through this process allows us to love ourselves better, ultimately to love others and God more fully. So, so in in the book, my understanding correctly, in each chapter you have a like, is it a little meditation at the beginning or at the end of the of the chapter, like yeah. a little little prayer exercise in each chapter? Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So, so there's twelve chapters. Um, there's a little story at the beginning of each one that sort of kind of helps you understand, you know, on a personal level. There's a section on the psychology of it um, to understand what is the psychological stuff at work, and then there's a little biblical study part to understand how it fits in with our faith. But then there's this the exercise, and the exercise is either a prayer or meditation. And that is to allow you not to just know about this stuff, which you, some people will find super interesting, but, but to actually incorporate it and experience it and actually experience change, possibly. So each of those meditations, so three of the meditations within... Uh, are actually these litanies of the heart that I wrote a few years ago that are based on attachment theory. So it's a traditional kind of Catholic litany in the sense of you, you have a call to God and then a response back. So it's a sort of a call-response um, kind of thing. But each litany is designed to take us from a place of insecure attachment, insecurity uh, with with ourselves perhaps, but with God ultimately, to take us to a place of secure attachment and safety with Christ. And so those three particular litanies, there's the litany of the closed heart, the litany of the wounded heart, and the litany of the fearful heart are incorporated in the book as part of the process of this internal growth and transformation. What if, what if, so what if we have a listener saying, well, you know, I mean, Sure, I, I've had some traumas back in when I was a kid or something like that, but I don't have any traumas now. I mean, what what would you say to people that might say that they don't feel like they have had any recent quote-unquote trauma and right. where, you know, your book might come into play for something like that? Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. If, if, if I had a past trauma and the thought of it brings up no what I would call activation, in other words... I, I've processed it in some way and it doesn't bother me. Like, I can remember this bad thing that happened, but it, it doesn't bring up anything for me. Then you don't need healing. <laughs> You're right. okay, right? And so, but what most people find is when they, if they pause for a moment, and sometimes we start with just even connecting to our physical body, and you notice, where am I holding stress? Where am I holding? Because anxiety isn't really an emotion, it's more of a physical, emotional response. And so some people will say, oh, my shoulders are tight, or I feel it in my chest. And if you, if you can connect with that stress and that tension, right, 
And then that will lead us to kind of connecting to a part of this, I would say, the self-system or that internal world, the family, and that, that is holding that stress. And often that is associated with some fear, maybe shame, maybe some kind of pain. And as you connect to that part of you, then you learn, okay, is this a part of me that had something happen recently that it's stressed about, or is it going back further in time? Is it something that happened to me in childhood that maybe is being triggered constantly? And I may not always be consciously aware of it, but when we slow down and through this process, you actually do start recognizing, oh, there's parts of me holding on to all kinds of things. Yeah. So how can I connect with them and relieve, kind of, it's, it's about relieving their burdens. It's about giving the parts of me, you know, some of them are like child parts and some of them aren't, but it's giving them what they always needed. It's loving them in a way that they always needed but never really got fully. Okay. So we're... Okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. Finish the thought. Yeah, yeah. So it's about... Trans- I would say it's about transforming. I would even say transfiguring, <laughs> you know, because we're bringing God's grace into that as well. You know, we're loving in the way that, you know, Christ wants us to love others, but love ourselves first. So this, you know, I mean, this is going to maybe be apples and oranges and maybe even just off the wrong track here. But, you know, I think as we're having this conversation, I think to myself, well, we're living in an age of victims. You know, with that whole woke things like I'm a victim of this and I'm a victim of that. I mean, do you have, do you have uh, circumstances in your work or even where you might address in the book? It's like, well, you might call this, you know, a trauma, but it really isn't. I mean, everybody's trauma yeah. is different, right? And But some, I think we're just in an era right now where people are like clinging to trauma or victimhood. And do you right. uh, find that and address that? So here's the way I would address that. It's such an interesting one. Would be to understand what part of me needs to be a victim for some reason. So the part of me that needs to play a victim role, if that's what's going on, is wanting to protect myself from something. So I've learned in some time in my life that by being a victim, that I can protect myself from maybe it's um, in some way uh, getting uh, support or help. In other words, if I learned early on, I can never just get help or support when I need it. I have to be a victim in order to get that. Well, then we want to work with that part (laughs) to figure out a new way to relate to people, right? So we're not saying, okay, you're just being a victim. I'm just going to shove that part of me away. No, bring closer. Let's understand why I have this need. What would happen if I started to actually express my needs, if I started to actually let go of the burden that I can never be loved unless I play this part? And then now all of a sudden, this part can learn I can have a different role other than victim. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole different way of looking at our inter- internal world. Like a lot of people will say, for example, I have this critical voice. Most of us, I don't know many people that don't have some critical voice, <laughs> you know, and that might come from a parent or something. But we learned early on that if we're not beating ourselves up, that we are, um, we're going to be in trouble or something. Mm-hmm. And really, that is long term not actually very helpful or kind to ourselves. And we have to learn what's a better way internally to um, self-correct. Is the best way to self-correct by beating myself up? Is the best way to self-correct to play the victim or whatever other coping? So I would look at playing the victim as a coping strategy that needs to be changed. 
The book is called Litany of the Heart, Relieving Post-Traumatic Stress and Calming Anxiety Through Healing Our Parts. Dr. Creek, can you tell us a little bit about where we might be able to find this book? You said it's going to be out next week. How would, yeah. how would the listeners order it? So you can, um, you can go on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of these places and, and order the book. Um, but I would recommend going to the publisher, which is Sophia Institute Press. Oh, sure. And ordering it from there, so there's a discount, and you're also supporting Catholic <laughs> organization uh, in, in that. So go to the, their website and look look up the book and get it there. So uh, I apologize for this question, but is this your first book? This is my very okay. first book. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, great. And well, so good. Congratulations. Yeah, hopefully you'll get a um, a, um, a good uh, you know boost of sales, not for the sake of sales, but for really helping people that are going through traumatic stress of whatever sort from a Catholic angle of things. So, so maybe just as a, a, we, have about, we have about two minutes left, any uh, parting thought that you want to uh, uh, share with the listeners? Yeah, I would encourage, um, you know, if you're um, looking, you want to even just check out the litanies in the meantime, to go to soulsandhearts.com, which is um, that organization where we're doing a lot of work at Souls and Hearts to integrate Catholic faith with this, these psychological approaches. And so we have like weekly newsletters full of all sorts of things. We're looking at it from a Thomistic point of view. We're looking at it from psychological points of view and all this. And there's communities, online communities as well, uh, for people who want to go deeper and really look at their interior world and grow in little and small communities. So I'd encourage people to check that out as well. So give us that website again. Uh, soulsandhearts.com com and Sophia Press is a way of getting Dr. Crete's book that is coming out next week it seems like a, a great assistance to anybody that, that that wants to stay within our Catholic tradition and deal with stress that might have been recent in their lives or far in the distant past so uh, Dr. Crete thank you very much for joining us it sounds like a great book so how did you come up with the, the title? well it was really I wrote those litanies and the same litanies of the heart, and they just fit. And the book, I, at first I had a different title called The Self and Communion or something like this, And but then it just seemed to me that a litany of the heart is about appealing to God, crying out to God, you know, either thanksgiving yeah. or lamentation. And it just seemed to fit what this book was about, was turning to God for our healing. Great. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Uh, Jerry Crete. You can look at that book up on Sophia Press. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. That's exciting. Thank you. Have a great day down there in Atlanta. Thank you, you too. All right. Uh, after this quick break, we will have our last segment, which will be talking about basically the end of the Christmas season, the last solemnity of Christmas, which is the baptism of our Lord, right after this quick break. Stay with us. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. We're grateful for the support of our small business from listeners in the Fargo-Moorhead area. At Lumen Vision, we offer eye exams, vision therapy services, contact lenses, and glasses from popular brands like Oakley, Ray-Ban, Kate Spade, and Eyes of Faith. Lumen Vision accepts many vision and medical insurances, but you don't need insurance to experience high-quality, affordable, Christ-centered eye care from our team. You can learn more about our mission at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. Have you ever worried about someone's salvation, especially one who died by suicide? 
I'm Father Chris Alar. Sometimes the state of their soul seems to cause us fear for their eternal fate. They die in what seems to be a hopeless state of sin and unrepentance. However, Jesus says in 1698 of the Diary of St. Faustina that what looks hopeless to us is in fact not so. He says that many times the soul illuminated by a ray of his final grace turns to him in the last moment to receive complete forgiveness of all sin and punishment, although we see no external signs of this. Wow! We can see why Jesus said that divine mercy is mankind's last hope of salvation. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.